Hello there, everybody, and welcome to For Discussion's Sake podcast. Hiya. It's episode, it's episode five, Jared. Episode five. Wow. It's We're getting landmark. up there. La- We're getting up there. <laughs> We're coming to you. Cue claps. I can't hear them, so I hope that played. Yeah, um, that played the claps. So yeah, welcome to episode five. Again, it's a milestone. We're on our way. Soon we're going to be top of the iTunes chart. Yeah. Hopefully. 65 downloads when I last checked. Yeah, I'm getting there. Thanks to everyone who's listening, by the way. I feel like I don't say probably that. me, but... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't say that enough. Yeah. Thank you to all the people that are actually listening to these. Yeah. Much, much appreciated that someone actually enjoys listening to us rant on about our controversial opinions. Yeah. Oh, is it controversial? Some are controversial. They're just opinions. Yeah. Personal just opinions. opinions. Yeah. Well. Anyway, before we get into it, I just want to say, well, not say, ask, how have you been, Jared? How's your week been? Well, I took up something new. I've been doing painting. Now I'm going to show you a picture of my painting, Kevin. What, what, the what the people listening won't be able to see. What kind of painting? Oh. That's just pretty good, actually. <laughs> yeah, very good. That's... Jeez, okay. <laughs> I was not prepared for it being that good. Okay, well... It's quite if abstract. <laughs> if that's, that's definitely a word. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, painting, that's not something I typically expected from you. Yeah. But um, apart from that, my week's been fine. How about you, Kevin? Uh, it's... It's not really been happening. Just normal. Just sort of sat on my computer. I don't know, so I just typed up some essays. Played some guitar. I've been demoing some new tracks for our band. Oh, it's an it's an early shameless self plug. Our band that I can't be asked to give out my Instagram tag, so I'm not going to. You'll hear it at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got stuff coming. Anyway, uh, it's been an interesting week for music, to say the least. Yes. Yeah, there's been some good things, there's been some mediocre things. But before we get into the albums we're going to cover, I've decided for this one episode, maybe just this episode, maybe it'll become a recurring thing. I'm going to do a Kevin gives Jared a random question that he's not thought up of before and he's just going to make it up on the spot. And yes. I thought, with all the positivity that, you know, we're possibly going to talk about today, I'm going to ask Jared, what is the worst band you've ever seen live? Oh, this is... So, there's quite a few... I've seen I can, quite a few I bands can name live. some. I bet I can um, name you some of your contenders. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing one of them is Milk Teeth. One of them they is download, Milk Teeth. Yeah. Download 2018 because they were fucking terrible. Yeah. Um. What were they called? The bald guy at Bodega supporting Phaedra's Taco Bell. Love. Yeah. Phaedra's Love. <laughs> I'm so sad and depressed that I am bald. That was what I took away from that one. <laughs> that, that was pretty much what he said uh, I'm guessing that they're the ones that I'm presuming have you got any other than that 
there was I think there was two more I can't actually remember what one's called it was it download 2019 on the dog tube stage um, they also had milk in their title oh hot milk hot milk they were there's there's undesirable. a trend there's a trend going with yeah. bands with milk in their name that I really like well, not really like I like a couple of songs of and then we see them at download and they just get ruined yeah uh, what was the other one the other one was I think it's Walt Disco oh we saw them at the bodega huh? can't actually remember who they were supporting it was a sports team right sports first, team first time we saw yeah. sports team Walt Disco the keyboardist running on the spot looking at the audience in the eyes um, while the singer sung about desire, mildly out of key, I might yeah. add. It was. It. I'm not gonna lie. It was more funny than bad, but it was. Bad. It was. It, yeah. I have. I. I have a couple. I have a couple that right. I can name. Um, Gecko in Rescue Rooms. Yeah. Again, that was sort of more funny than bad because we just sort of waved Me and Kat, at the singer. Yeah. We just sort of waved at him. We the spent the first set. twenty minutes trying to get them to wave at us back. We watched a golf circle pit to Africa. Yes. Toto. that was a great moment. But I think the main one, which Jared's probably going to agree with me here, um, uh, watching Pali Royale. I knew you were going to say Shikari. that. One. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, so there were like, three people at the front jumping so, and singing so, along to the music, and then there was the whole entire Enter Shikari fans just stood there with like, a blank look the on their face, thinking why and which method just, of suicide it, is quicker. <laughs> they came on, were a bit big headed because I've forgotten the singer's name, the famous one, so I don't care anyway. Um, Probably like Espin. Yeah, uh, it's Remington. Some he's oh. named after an electric shaver, pretty much. Yeah. Um, he came on, started doing the "How the fuck are we doing?" Doing the whole big, we're a support band that thinks we're the main act thing. And then yeah, they had it, they had their name in the light bulbs. Yeah, the one was out. So one was out. <laughs> so it's really dodgy. And then the bit that I remember me and you standing and visibly cringing at. When he climbed over onto the roof of the sand desk, yeah, I'd started trying to get people to jump and clap, but no one was into it. No. So he spent about a minute climbing up this banister onto this roof of this little bar bit, I think it was, and he stood on this bit, and he made it look like he was going to jump off, and I think he probably would have, probably, except for the fact that the crowd was not into it. Yeah. If someone would have caught him, he probably would have jumped off. But I think everyone in the audience, apart from the three girls at the front, who we knew, uh, apart from those three girls, everyone else would have happily seen him go onto the ground and not get up. It was just great because um, we got in and it was like three quarters full for Black Peaks. Yeah. Which it should be because Black Peaks are fucking awesome. I saw them at download as well. Yeah. They were good. Yeah. Um, that's not the point of this question. Though. And everyone was like, yeah. And there was like a mini pit with a couple of people. And then they went off. 
about 20 minutes and then Family Royale came on played about one song and I think everyone just went oh, I'm gonna go to the bar or I'm gonna go for a piss and everyone just left I don't know if you noticed yeah everyone did it was most of the room emptied out because yeah. no one wanted to watch them I would have left but I uh, I don't know why I didn't we didn't want to lose our place yeah we're in a good place for Shikari like right in the middle where the pits were going to be and then we accidentally well we didn't accidentally we sort of moved in and ate around the floor yeah <laughs> and then ended up somehow at the back yeah somehow but and then so that they, guy uh, like jumped up and like bashed me in the head so are they your okay I'm going to spin it just to give it a little extension Right. So, yeah, we're probably extending this intro way too long, but I don't really care. They were the worst bands we've seen. Yeah. What about the worst audiences you've been in slash seen? Because I know there's quite a few we've taken the piss out of. This is making me cringing just thinking about it. So, a lot of the time, I often... Like, we often go to things... Okay, I'm going to bring up one now, which was incredibly disappointing. It's probably the most disappointed I've been ever. Not because the band were bad, as you say. It was because of the crowd Mm. and the turnout. Widows at Albert's. Oh, Oh. God. It was genuinely one of the most disappointing things I've ever been to. Yeah. Widows was such a good band... Yeah. And then we turned it to Albert's so and there was about ten people there. Yeah. And they were all goths. <laughs> and they just stood fucking stomping on the floor and going whenever there was a blast beat. Yeah. Because people do that at metal gigs. They put one finger in the air and then they start fucking angrily shaking their hand whenever there's a blast beat. <laughs> that was that was a bit more disappointing. Yeah. Mind you, I think almost everything I've been to at Albert's was disappointing. Yeah. The, so, there was... I don't know whether it, this one was the band's fault. And towards the end of it, and sort of the middle, and just mainly after this bit, it got way more rowdier, and generally more like you wanted. But the first few songs, uh, Elvana at Rock City, the latest time we went, it's the second time. Second time, yeah. Yeah. They always do that. Yeah. They come on and everyone's like, oh, cool. Bangs their heads. And then, like, a couple of songs in, they'll go, this song's called... And then they'll do, like, Lithium or Summer. And everyone will <coughs> go, oh, it's a popular one. I like this one. Yeah. And then everyone will start bouncing. And then you try and get into the pit and realise it's just a bunch of rowdy old men shoving people. Yeah. I was, I was spoiled that night, if I'm honest. Yeah. Really didn't spoil that night. The fact that it was just a bunch of pissed up old men. Yeah. They were far Actually, better at download. Same can be said for Fontaines. Yeah. In January. Very recent. Yeah. Because one, they... Uh, I don't want to say they sounded bad because they didn't sound bad. They just sort of sped up their song. Yeah. Um... That, and the fact that the crowd was mostly old people who liked Irish folk music. 
Yeah. Which is a bit weird. But, oh well. I think the main one that comes to mind for me for crap crowds. Yeah. I have a couple. I have every time we've been to the bodega, um, it's been just dark fruits kids. Oh. Kids who sneak, kids who sneak little bottles of vodka in their backpacks, and then sneak off in their little groups of three into the toilets to try and have a swag on it, and then fucking spend the whole gig bouncing off people, going, "I'm so pissed," and those people, I hate them. Yeah. I actually hate them. They're the worst kind of people. And then the other one I thought I'd just quickly mention was, although they were good, uh, the crowd for Slipknot down yes. in 2019 was pretty appalling. It was awful. Because it, it was either very, very drunk shirtless men shoving everyone into the mud. Or very, very or naked was, drunk men. It was t- <laughs> or people who just weren't into it. Yeah. Most of that crowd were just slightly nodding their head. How can... Slipknot come on and play feed Glicor's shit and everyone just stands there slightly bobbing their heads. Yeah. Thing is, we were we were on the edge with those people. Even th- but that that was plainly because uh. that was plainly because the further in you got, the slippier it was. Yeah, I was gonna say the first song we were in the middle. Yeah. And me and you both went, Can we leave please? Because <laughs> we were just fucking ice skating down the hill and it was getting more and more intense and I didn't want to get muddy. Yeah. But then we got muddy on Sunday anyway. Yeah. So, that was alright. But, um, just quickly while we're on download. Enter Shikari at download. S- um, That's the opposite side of yes. the scale. Big it's clap. the gods. Big clap. Imagine, the sound effect I've got on here is slow clap. But imagine not slow clap and it's actually big clap. That was like maxing out my volume and things. Yeah. Yeah, well... Big clap for them. Um, I don't think if we actually disappointing bands. Yeah. I forgot about Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Anyway, there it is. You know, you come on to zero, get the whole crowd hyped, and then play forty minutes of Billy Corgan solo material. Right. Uh, this intro has been seventeen yeah. minutes, so let's. We should probably move on. Let's move on to actual music. Yes. So, uh. Right. Oh, we need First to do the intro as well. Um, there's no single of the week this week, you know. That's why we're filling in this time gap. Yeah, that's why we filled it in. Um, so we got Fiona's apple. Oh, I said it wrong again. Fiona's apple. <laughs> Fiona, a- Fiona's apple's better. That's what. That's what it, we're going. It is. But uh, Fiona Apple album. Album. Lamb of God self-titled album. Protest the hero album. And the pick of the week, The Clash. Right. Cue the intro.
that's really the only intro you can give to this album. So, yeah. you know what? In classic fashion, Jared, I'm going to hot potato it. Go on then, tell me what you think. Right. I'm interested. Because so, I genuinely don't know what you think of this. We might differ. Yeah, we might differ. Um, I did like it. Probably won't differ that much. Okay, I agree on that. <laughs> I did like it. It's a very good album. I was surprised Ooh. at how good it was. Ooh. Here's where we differ. Okay. Okay. I I I don't I haven't really listened to any previous Lamb of God albums in full. I've listened to odd songs. <sighs> off albums. Just crushed it just crushed my heart. Well. Oh. Um So it, my understanding is this is the First album with the new drummer. Yes, Art Cruz. Art Cruz. Cruz, fucking, uh, what's his name? Of, oh, the Brit. I can't remember his name. The the old drummer, the Chris Adler. Chris Adler. Yeah. Yeah, he he left. I don't know the circumstances surrounding it. All I know is probably coronavirus. Probably. Even though he left. A year before coronavirus, but um, yeah, I thought the drumming was very good and technical throughout the whole piece. Um, yeah, the the riffs in this album are like very good. <laughs> I think this flashbacks to you listening to this album for the first time and then just sending me a message. Memento Mori has a banging riff. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it does. That is true. Yeah. It does. Okay, so if you don't mind me stepping in here. Yep, go ahead. This is the first Lamb of God album you've listened to in full. Yeah. And I'm guessing, would you say you like it a lot or would you say you love it? I like it a lot. I don't. Okay. I don't love it. But, yeah, I'll get on to that in a minute when you finish your point. Yeah. Uh, coming from someone who's heard all of their albums at least once. Obviously, yeah. I've heard some more than others. Uh, I can accurately say this is probably my least favourite one. Right. Okay. But I think my whole opinion on this album comes down to the fact that it's a good album. Yeah. It's a very good album. Yeah. But for Lamb of God... Right. Okay. It's it's very middle of the road because yeah. you know I, the thing is from the few songs you've heard you could probably tell from a band that's capable of like laid to rest yeah. and redneck getting songs like fucking which one is it it's resurrection now yeah songs like that they're just very yeah basic they're yeah. quite simple I think I can sum up this album in a very nice sentence and then leave you to explain why you like it so much being a first time listener yeah um lamb of god by lamb of god is a good lamb of god album because it sounds like lamb of god <laughs> yes okay right so that's true yeah from the few songs i've heard i could safely say that yes um okay so one of my one of the things that sort of you know Made took this album from not being 
like an album that I loved and would probably listen to a lot was the fact that it just sounded like a very average album. You know, I mean, a lot of the songs sound very average. There's nothing horrendous, horrendously good that stands out. I mean, Bloodshot Eyes, I liked how that had like a whole melodic side to the song. It wasn't just average compared to stuff like New Colossal Hate and Checkmate and Gears and Reality Bath. <laughs> you know, it's just... So it's just am, I correct a bit say, am I correct in saying you prefer the second half of the album? Yeah, I definitely prefer the second half. Ooh, this is a running trend. Yes, it is a running you, trend. You prefer, you prefer the second half than most albums. But then again, the second half of most albums is where it gets experimental. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd say... The second half is probably better than the first half. Except for the fact that it has one of it has the second half has my least favourite song on the entire record on it. Which one's that one, Kevin? Poison Dream. Featuring uh Jamie Jester. Yeah. I'm presuming you know who Jamie Jester is. No clue. <laughs> Uh, Wait, I'll, I'll Google it. I'll Google it. No, no, you do know okay. him because no. uh, he's the vocalist of Hatebreed. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Who vocally is nowhere near as good as Randy Blythe. No. And that shows Yeah. <laughs> on the song that he's featured on yeah. where the song is very average. It's just sort of existing. The song's just happening. Yeah. And then Jamie Jester comes in and he's all like, yeah, I'm going to spice this song up. And he just makes it more bland. Yeah. Because Randy Blythe has a very signature vocal sound. Like, you, like even you who's only listened to a couple of Lamb of God songs, you could tell if it's Randy Blythe or not. Yeah. Because of his weird yeah. fucking voice movements. But Jamie Jester, as you probably know, because I know you've listened to Hatebreed quite extensively. Well, has a very quite extensively is a bit of an overstatement. I've listened well, to like as in, I know, I know two albums, yeah, at least twice. I, yeah, I, I know you've I know you've gone a little bit into what they sound like and yeah. can record it. Uh, he's Jamie Justice, just very ordinary. He's a metal vocalist. To to put it nicely, he's he he's okay. Yes. He, he's he average like, like the rest of this album. He's yeah. I, the thing is, it's kind of sad because only one so- two songs on this entire album yeah. actually stand out as being the tier that Lamb of God should normally be yeah. working at. One opening track, Memento Mori. Yeah. Great song. Mainly because they the first what is it? Minute and a half? Yeah. The quiet bit at the start. Yeah. It's like as experimental as this album gets, and it's kind of sad because I would kind of like them to work on it. Because imagine if Lamb of God had those signature Lamb of God sounds and riffs, but incorporated a bit more experimentation. Yeah. I feel like that could result in some very good stuff. But they 
It always seems like they're too scared to do that because it'll verge away from the sound that they're known for. Yeah. But Memento Mori is as close as we're going to get to that for a while, I think. And then my favourite, my actual favourite song on the entire record. Yeah. Uh, the last track, On The Hook. Yeah. I adore that song. It's yeah. probably, it's the only song on this album that I have stuck on a playlist. Yeah. That's also down as one of my favourites. It's just a good closer in general. Yeah. In general. I mean, I'm starting to see the problem of, you know, the middle section is where it really drops off. Yeah. You know, it's around New Colossal Hate, Resurrection Man, where the album really starts to just sort of dive bomb. Yeah. And Poison Dream obviously takes it into a fucking chasm. Yeah. And then it comes slightly back out, and then for the last track, it like blasts into space. Yeah. What did you think um, of uh, Roots? Uh, Chuck Billy. Chuck Billy. Yeah. Uh, well. Yeah. Oh, it it was very average. I t- I tell you. Like most of his I tell you my notes for this one: fast pace, average, sick guitar solo. And then just on its own, dive bomb. Well, I I, I know why they picked this. I, I'm presuming I can pick why they chose this song to feature Chuck Billy on. Yeah. Because I would say this is argu- Roots is arguably like the most thrash this album gets. Yeah. Like the other songs have thrash elements and have like thrashy segments, but... I'd say Roots is probably the only song that's full on, just like thrash through and through. Yeah. But you know that's because Chuck Billy is the singer yeah. in a thrash band called Testament. Yeah. Who are very good at doing thrash, if I'm honest. But I mean, he he's better than Jamie Jaster, but n- neither of the features on this album are standout. Right. I yeah. agree with that. You know, in past albums, Lamb of God have had Chino from Deftones as a feature. Right. Which was great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they've had Chino from Deftones as a feature. Right. There you go. Got it right this time. Um, Which was great because he felt like an important piece of the song. Yeah. And I think that's where these two features come short. It feels like they've just gone got a blank section here shove someone on it instead of biting them into the song yeah you know they've, they've had a number of great features over the years that these two don't feel like they're just sort of there yeah they are present <laughs> they are not they ever are present, present. <laughs> they're not omnipresent yes <gasps> omnipresent lamb of god god <laughs> It's all tied back. Illuminati. I mean, we could, we could make that connection, I suppose. Um, have you seen any of the uh, scores and reviews for this album? Oh yes, I looked at some on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, I've only got the ones that are out of ten. All are written as four out of five, etc. Because the ones that I've were stars didn't copy anything, I think. I've read a few articles on it. Yeah. 
and lots of people are saying the same thing. Yeah, that it's a quite a good album. Just compared to what Lamb of God can do, yeah. they've proved that they can do. It's just sort of good. Yeah, fell short of the mark. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm interested. Yeah. Just overall. Yeah. Being this the first Lamb of God album you've listened to. Yeah. Is this. Has this prompted you to go listen to their other stuff? Or has it sort of. Just sort of made you go, oh, that's what they sound like? Um. I mean, it ha- it has made me want to go and listen to the music. I haven't yet, but it's made me want to. If you know mm. what I mean by that. Well, yeah. But like, yeah. Yeah, it, it was just I I was just a bit I was just kind of interested in yeah. Because then I, I felt like an album like this could go one of two ways. Yeah. You could either go, wow people who are first time listeners are going to go oh jeez that's pretty good I'll go listen to their other stuff but then obviously hear the other stuff and go fuck me what have I been doing with my life those yeah. people um, or it'll make people go oh that's what they sound like it's okay yeah. and then just leave them and I think that would be the greatest tragedy if someone heard this album and went oh that's right," and then just left them alone yeah. Never got to witness their other material. Oh. That would pain me. Yeah. Also, can I just quickly bring up? Yes. If you ever read, if you read a review that says it's the tenth album. Yeah. You're lying. <laughs> Liars. <coughs> it's the eighth. It's the eighth. Right. Right. Their first album was released under the name Burn the Priest. Right. Because Lamb of God's old band name was Burn the Priest. Yeah. So the first album is technically a Burn the Priest album, but it's not the first Lamb of God album because they weren't Lamb of God yet. And then in 2017? 20, 20, no. A couple of years ago, they made another Burn the Priest album, which was sort of like a covers album. Right. I think. I think it was sort of like a covers album. Pretty sure. And... So now a bunch of reviews are taking the Burn the Priest records into the discography, and I don't, it, I I wouldn't say they should because if they're not released under the Lamb of God name, then they shouldn't be counted as Lamb of God albums. They're incredibly wrong. Yeah. Um, you know I haven't got really much else. I've I've sort of covered everything I wanted yeah. to say. It's good. It's quite good if you like metal, if you like thrash tinged groove metal, I suppose you'd call it. Yeah. If you if you want if you want thrash tinged groove metal but are too good for Pantera, Lamb of God are your <laughs> Lamb of God are where you should go. Yeah. Because let's be honest, if you go if if you've ever said, Oh, I wanna listen to some groove metal and you haven't picked Pantera why? There is something <laughs> wrong in your head. Uh, so Maybe yeah. you were dropped. <laughs> Jesus. 
I'll have to cut that bit out <laughs> now, won't I? <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> uh, so is that all you have to say? Uh, yes, that's all I have to say. Oh, one last thing that Ooh. I would like to add yes. in regards to this album. Best metal release of the year so far? I say no. I would probably also say no as well. There have been some very bad metal records this year, but there's also been some fucking great ones. Yes. I mean, fucking. Tri- I- I'd rather listen to the Trivium album than this. I think. I think. Yeah, that's fair. But then again, I'm more a fan of melody and metal. Yeah. Rather than harsh vocals, Trivium tend to adhere to all the kinds of metal I like. Yeah. Because some people are saying it is going to be the best metal release of the year. I am not too sure. I don't think so. No. I don't think when so. We've got when, when we've apparently got a Deftones album coming in September, it's definitely not going to be the best. Yeah. The best metal release of the year. That's a that's a bad statement. What if the Deftones album is horrendous? You'll find out in September. Hopefully, hopefully it won't be. Yeah. You never know, though. If it turns out like Gore Part Two. Yeah. So. Gore, Gore wasn't bad. It was just not what people want from Deftones. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, if we're still going by September. Hopefully. Hopefully. It's not that far away, though, is it? It's like Jesus. No, it's not that far. It's like three months away. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. So, Lamb so. of God. <laughs> Very g- well, good. Average, but good. Yeah. Gap. <laughs> to the second album of the week which I am classing as a new release because it came out on June 18th which is only a week ago at this point yeah. just about just about a week ago um, this album is called Col- 
is it palimpsest? I presume that's how you yeah, pronounce something it. Yeah, like that. Palimpsest. And it is the fifth studio album by the Canadian, I guess you could say, progressive metal, tech metal. Canadian band, Protest the Hero, who I have had uh, some form of background with in the fact that I heard um, I did hear one of their other albums but that is it I heard one of their albums maybe once or twice and then left them be but I have a little bit of experience with them now Jared yes like most things that I bring to this show I am presuming you have had no experience with this band. No. In fact, I only know what Wikipedia told me about the band. Oh, joy. They told me they're Canadian. They are Canadian. And oh, their joy. bass we're is another, we're another, at some we're point. Another, we're getting another Jared first impressions. Yeah. Um, okay. Right, yeah. Okay. So I'll say about this album, I was very shocked when I first turned it on, that it sounded like that. I mean... Uh, were, you, were, were you shocked because of... just because of, like, the album name and the title? Or, or like, the band name? Or were you shocked more because I gave it? Well, it, it was a little bit of both. I didn't expect Protest a Hero to sound like Dragon Thor Force. I said Dragon Thor. <laughs> I didn't expect it to sound like Dragon Thor's. And I especially didn't expect you to <laughs> you to suggest it. Knowing that I'm not a massive fan of like power metal no. in general, but then again, this album isn't power metal. No, it's briefly power metal for like a yeah. couple of minutes. But you you know what this whole album sounds like? Um, that one bit in that Enter Shikari song. Let me just remember what it's called. That one bit. Um. That one bit. Um, it's the one that's like. <laughs> that one. You really forgot the name of that. Yeah. What? Oh, I'm disappointed. It's it. It's lit. I literally was speaking about it earlier. In to my notes, I spoke about it to my notes. We're keeping this in so everyone can hear your shame. But mind you, I don't decide. You can just cut this if you yeah, want. Yeah, I edit it. Yeah. Um, well, it's I'm just gonna. I know move it's on, on the mind sweep. I'm just gonna move on and then let you randomly interject. Wait, no, what it's no, called. no, no. So it's called the so, last garrison. Um, <laughs> in fact, it took me that long to think of. Well, I was I looked oh. it up. <laughs> oh. But uh, that's even worse. At least I knew what the song was, Kevin. Not the title, <laughs> but I knew what the song was, and I know that it sounds like the. This whole album sounds like that one bit in the song. You know where they go from the chorus to the. Okay. You know the. Okay. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, where to start with this album? Um. It's such a. Oh 
school because you know that kind of it's such a weird mix of stuff yes without trying to do it disservice by making it sound like I'm describing it like it sounds like a bunch of other stuff because it, it doesn't really it has lots of elements that sound like different things but I don't think I've really heard a band you know combine them in the way these do yeah um, I, it has lots of influences I noticed lots of influences while listening to this album which is, which is always good yeah always good to hear um I will kick this off by saying there's a very slim chance I will return to this album. Right. Like, there's a very slim chance I'll be listening. I'll be, like, walking and going, you know what? I want to listen to music. What should I listen to? Oh, the new Protest the Hero album. It's pretty good. Although it is pretty good. Yeah. I don't think I can see myself putting it on. But that's because of the style of music that it is. Yeah. Honestly, I picked this album more because of they were a bigger band that was releasing something that I'd sort of heard something by. Right. So, you know, I'm not a... F I won't call myself a fan of this band. It was just they were a bigger band releasing something that was being hyped up and I had at least heard some other stuff by them. Yeah. To go, you know what? Screw it. Let's just do it. Um... And again, the, the, the amount of flipping influences, the amount of different sounds during one, you know, just one little song. Well, I say little. Most of them are like near on five minutes. Apart from that one that's like 39 seconds. Yeah. What's more impressive is this the album is exactly 51 minutes long. Yeah. It's quite impressive. But, I mean, the thing is, from what I've seen, from articles I've looked up, hardly any major news presses are talking about it. Yeah. So, Metal Hammer hasn't reviewed it yet. Kerrang! hasn't reviewed it yet, I don't think. The, uh, the flipping magazine that I talked about when reviewing the Baron Womb album, Distorted Sound magazine. Yeah. They reviewed it. They're the only publication I've seen that's actually reviewed it. Yeah. And they gave it a 9 out of 10, which I think is a bit strong, but... Yeah. Because, you know, 9 out of 10 implies it's nearly perfect. Yeah. I, I won't quite say that Yeah. about this. But then again, if I was more of a fan of this kind of music, I might say that. Yeah. You know, this is sort of like me coming from a flipping... You know, I'm going to mention this with the Fiona Apple review, and it's sort of like I'm going to tie it back into when we did Sports Team a couple of weeks ago. I don't listen to much of this genre, so I'm not the most authorised to talk about it. You know, with Fiona Apple, I don't listen to folky singer-songwriters very much. You know, with Sports Team, I don't listen to many little indie bands like that. And with these, I don't listen to many... You know, weird blends of power metal and, you know, tech metal and stuff. I'm not going to mention progressive metal because there is a few progressive metal bands that I do listen to. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, so it's that, it's that whole argument that I've brought up 
a few times on this podcast before of I'm not really authorised to talk about this album that much. Yeah. So don't take my opinion as like a, well, he said that, so therefore it must be this. Which I don't think anyone does anyway. Yeah. Just our personal opinion. Yeah. Please li- do listen to the albums that we suggest, even if we say they're bad. Although yeah. the 1975 review is deadly serious. Um, we're not go even. Listen to the re- go listen to the new Rentals album, album of the year. Yeah. <laughs> can um, I just throw a flashback into last episode? I, yeah, I just get like harps. Do that insert harp, harp effect. <laughs> <laughs> Rentals is bad, and then flash forward. <laughs> Kevin saying, "Album of the year." <laughs> album of the year. But, uh, you know, this album did make me a few times go, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Because, you know, I'll be like listening to a riff, and I'll go, ooh, that's a good riff. They'll play it like twice, and then it'll just disappear forever. Yeah. I've been talking for quite a while now. Jared, over to you. Yeah. Um... I'm guessing this is one of your first experience with this kind of music. Oh, definitely. If you saw my notes, you'd definitely agree. um, Other than possibly Valhalla. Dear Liveris, have you ever forgotten me? Pray to God, I'm crossing my fingers. Valhalla. Crossing my fingers. The Blind Guardian play down, don't they? So yes. Can we start a pro- uh, protest? No. Can we start a thing on change.org and Ooh. send it to Andrew? Jared, Jared, yeah. Jared, do you hear that? Do you hear that? It's not a shameless self-promotion. Oh, it's the sound trombones. It's the sound of a controversial opinion. Uh, yeah, controversial opinion, sound effect I just Um, Blind Guardian are better than Dragon Force because they just are. Correct. I agree with that. Yay. Let's move out of this <laughs> There's weird like controversial... two Dragon Force songs. And no, yeah. it's not Through the Fire and Flames. It's a good riff. That's my impression. Um, so, yeah, Jared. Yes. What Being... Of someone quite well, it's just like me. You probably have just as much experience in this genre as me because I really don't have much. Yeah, I listened to like half of their last album, and that's pretty much my experience with this kind of music. Yeah, so yeah, I really are you like me? I, I, are you a bit confused? Yes. I think I think it was almost sort of a mistake for us to cover this album because I think we're both we're we're both a bit um, lost for words on what to say about it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I can tell you what I don't like about it. Yeah, but I can't really specify what I do like. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this? You say what you don't like, then I'll say sort of what I don't like, but mainly reinforce it with things that I sort of liked about it. Mm. Well, right, my main thing. Someone par- Someone said this in 
the podcasts that I listen to like every week that pretty much inspired this podcast. Right Act Podcast. Go listen to Right Act Podcast. Um, they said this when reviewing this album last week. Um, sometimes when you're listening to the songs, you kind of go, wow, you can play a lot of notes. Now where's the song? You know? Like, yes, your guitar players can play a bunch of hammer-ons and go for a riff but can you really make a song out of that and i think this album is evidence as no you cannot because most of these i wouldn't really class as a traditional song i'd say it's about 20 different riffs in in a four minute time period with some bloke one minute doing his impression of daryl palumbo from Glassjaw, and then the next minute doing a crappy Taking Back Sunday impression. <laughs> that was my first thing I thought of when I heard this album. Right. Was just, it's, cause, but that's the weird thing. That's what I like about this album. It's manic. It's all over the place. But my main criticism is it's too all over the place. And not the show with Ed Petrie in it. All over the place. Yeah. Right, <laughs> let's stop talking about salads. Ed Petrie salads. I've got onto it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, right, I'm gonna talk a bit now. So, I start listening to it. I think. Very Dragon Force. Get to track four. Finally, a break. Short break. One minute, two seconds. But it's a sort of, it's, you know, it's a break. Um, then you're back at it again. Four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tracks. Then you have another break. Then you're at it again for two. Uh, one track. Which is the last track. Which is probably my favourite, possibly. I can't actually remember the song that well, so probably not. I'm not gonna lie, I can't remember most of these songs. I can't. Um, I I like what I liked about this was the the influences there. Although some would say it's a bad thing, but it's just you know it's just sort of plastered in there, which I like because I can appreciate the influences more than I can the actual music. The only uh, the only song I can remember from looking at the title is All Hands, but that's just because most of the song is All Hands. Just that yeah. over and over again. Um, and I think that, that ties it back to my criticism. Yeah. There's not really a song in most of these songs. Yeah. It's just a bunch of... That... Yeah. <laughs> for like five, six minutes... I mean, one thing I will say, my favourite thing about the album, which is going to sound really bad, my favourite thing about this album is the instrumental interludes. Yes. Harbourside. Mountainside. Uh, mountainside and hillside. Yeah. My favourite parts of this album are the instrumentals. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. Um, you can, By this next comment I'm going to make, you can see that I've absolutely... I don't listen to this genre much. 
but it reminded me of the heavier, tiny moving parts, specifically the guitar. Oh, that is. <laughs> I mean, I would say you're barking up the wrong tree, but I think you're barking up the wrong tree in the wrong forest. Yeah. <laughs> you say that? Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, it's probably more technical than tiny moving parts, or yeah. less technical. Ooh, 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 tiny moving nah. parts is very technical. See, yes, these do a lot of fast riffs and hammer-ons and pull-offs and stuff, but you know, tiny moving parts use a lot of harmonics yeah. and things like that, which I would say are arguably harder to do. Yeah. Well, is it especially though? especially. Because uh, I, I find it much easier whoa, 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 whoa. to do pull. I find it much easier what? to do a um, a harmonic. Not necessarily well. I just find it much easier to do a harmonic than I do to do pull offs and sort of tapping. Okay. Wait. 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 Okay. Let Let's. Right. Oh, what's it called? Okay, yeah. Let's put it this way. Would you rather learn a song off this album or would you rather learn like Birdhouse? Um <laughs> nice nice I mean. Well I enjoyed Bird I enjoy Birdhouse more than I do this album, so I'd probably rather learn Birdhouse, but I I guess this would be a lot easier. I forgot what song it is. That's really annoying me. Birthday? No, uh, what happy birthday? Yeah. Uh, the one with the really technical riff in that has the harmonics at the end, where he picks above the, where he picks on the headstock. Oh, um, is it applause? No. Because he does that it's in applause. It's from the earlier album. It's the celebration. Ah. Oh. This is really annoying me. It is Birdhouse. Okay, Birdhouse. It's the yeah. yeah, that. And it's like, I don't, I don't understand how anyone could play that, but obviously people can. Well, harmonics is literally just lifting your hand and not actually pressing on the note, just have your hand on the well, note and then you play the string. My, my thing is... But, it only, but you can only get harmonics at 12, 7, 5 and open. Thing is... It's, it's really weird because he uh, doesn't actually really do a harmonic on that bit. He just picks above the headstock. Yeah. But that's why I think that riff's so technical. Yeah. Because he's playing and then he goes and then gets straight back to it. Yeah. Anyway, let's start talking about tiny moving parts. Um, yeah. Oh, some other things so I said about <laughs> this album. Hmm? I like that it was. Uh, quite intricate if you know what I mean like just oh, I know what you mean. like the guitar playing it, was quite it, it, intricate it is quite intricate uh, D- double edged sword yeah double edged sword yeah um so there is two guitars on this album uh-huh. I've got to admit I didn't notice until like my second slash third 
second slash third listen. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just because when I hear one guitar doing a big sh- flashy riff thing, I tend to stop paying attention to nearly everything else. Yeah. Just because. Um, so, yeah, in terms of a progressive metal album, I wouldn't particularly call it that. I'd more, I'd more call it tech metal. Yeah. Maybe it's got, it's sort of got influences of like math rock in there sometimes. It's got influences of obviously alternative, and then you know, mm, I don't know. It's just got, it's got quite a few influences from nearly everything. Yeah. You know. I'm sighing a lot today. I just realised that. <laughs> I keep going to say something, realising I don't really want to say it, and just going, <clears throat> just doing that. But you know, I wouldn't put it in the progressive metal category. Yeah. You know, progressive metal's Tool, Dream Theater, Rush, well, sort of Rush. You know all that lot. But then again, mm, some progressive metal bands that are about today does way better than this yeah you know um it's like in terms of a band that does chaos well not chaos really intricate guitar work like this but arguably in my opinion quite a lot better as a band like periphery who are arguably bigger yeah so you know it's just a whole case of when there is bands that are better at doing it why would you need bands like this who sort of just redo everything that other bands are doing yeah I don't know yeah is that all you have to say uh yeah it it uh, yeah so that is Palimpsest by Protest the Heroes their fifth album yes and it is quite intricate some might say too intricate. Um, it's quite o- overwhelming as well. So. I used to walk yeah. down the streets on my way to school, grinding my teeth to a rhythm invisible. I used my feet to crush dead leaves like they had fallen from trees just for me, just to be crash symbols. In class, I passed the time drawing a slash for every time. Second hand went by a group of five, done twelve times just a minute, but. Shamika said I had potential. 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 I used to march down the windy, windy sidewalk, slapping my leg with the riding crop, thinking it made me come off so tough. I didn't smile because a smile always seemed rehearsed. I wasn't afraid of the bullies, and that just made the bullies worse. In class, I'd pass the time, drawing a slash for every time. Right. Second hand so by now we're moving on to a thing that I like to call, only I call it this, Kevin doesn't. It's called our first consumer's choice. Ooh, um, clap emoji. I just said clap no. emoji. No, you need to add a, um... You need to add a bloody 
what's it called? A self checkout. Yes. Bingo. <laughs> Consumer's choice. Uh, it is suggested. I'm gonna make up a username because he messaged me directly. So I'm gonna just call him. Um. Just say a friend. Say a friend. This was suggested. We don't know whether they're cool with us using their identity unless they said, brother. Uh, did you ask them? No, I didn't even ask you. Um, okay. Let's, let's, let's just, just say call a him, friend. Let's call him Mike him? Base Amp. Mike Base Amp. Thanks, Mike Base Amp. For this suggestion. It is. Great request. Yes, it's Fiona Apple. I almost said Fiona's apple again. Good it's job. Fiona apple. Fiona's apple. Fetch the bolt cutters. Yes. Pretty sure it's her um, first release since 2012. Is it 2012? That's what Wikipedia Jeez. told me. That's a long... Well, if you're new to this podcast, was... why haven't you listened to the first other episodes? Um, but... We use the websites Wikipedia and Genius Lyrics a lot, so get used to it. I didn't, I didn't know that it had... Oh, jeez. Okay, that's a long time. It has quite an extensive Wikipedia page. It does. It certainly does. Um, so when you told me that someone had requested this, yeah. I believe sort of my first thing that I said was... I listened to this when it came out. I did because when it came out I was like I've heard that name and then virtually everyone who I watch review albums so you know Anthony Fantano NME Kerrang a bunch of other independent sources started reviewing it and going this album is incredible and I was like okay I've never listened to Fiona Apple give it a go and I listened to it like twice and I went okay probably never going to listen to this again and here we are <laughs> yes um, to but listen I think to it again. I will quickly just mention yeah. I am not going to I didn't say that because I hated it Yeah. I said it because it's not really what I tend to listen to Yeah. you know I respect the hell out of this album I respect the messages in the lyrics some of the lyrics are fucking amazing I respect yeah. the lyrics I respect everything she says I respect even the music aspect of it, except I just it's just not what I tend to listen to. Yeah. That's that's really all it comes down to. Yeah. Is I don't listen to this kind of music. Same. Um Yeah. There's there's quite a lot going on in this album. I know it's There is. A hell of a lot yeah, going on it, in this album. It was recorded at her house, I believe. She records everything at home to remain with that um, DIY feel. She produced it, I think. Yeah. I I also I also read somewhere that on the title track, "Fetch the Bolt Cutters," it has Carla Delevingne doing backing vocals. Does it? Apparently. Um, yeah, so, Kevin. Yeah? 
what do you have to say? Um, uh, it's interesting. Yes. It's an interesting album, but I feel like I view this more as an artistic statement more than an album. Yes, I agree a lot with that statement. <laughs> Funny. I see it. Let I feel. <laughs> I feel it was when she was making this album. I don't think she was thinking about making it a solid album. Yeah, she was thinking about making it a solid release in terms of a coherent, you know, themes and things like that. Yeah, you know, again, I do like it. Yeah, because some of the instrumental, well, I say instrumental. Some of the instrumentation does is like the opposite of what I normally tend to like. Yeah. But then again, again, that's me. Yeah. That's literally just me. Right. So you know, it's like I said with the, like I said with the fucking protest the hero album. I mentioned I was going to bring it up here. I'm not exactly qualified to talk about albums like this. Because it's just not my thing. Right. Okay. But what I will say is I do mostly... I say mostly, I like all of it. I like... The main thing that stood out for me was the lyrical content. Yeah. You know, her themes of mainly things like equality and all things like that. Just tend to... I don't know. Some of the lyrics tend sort of feel quite like she was going less for a lyrics if that makes sense right it didn't feel like she was writing the lyrics as lyrics it feels like she was almost writing them as stories okay right okay I'll talk a bit now um to be honest I think you probably like this album more than me yeah, probably. Same, same with me. I probably won't listen to it again. Not because I dislike it, or not because I hate it. In fact, I liked it. I liked it quite a lot because of the instrumentation, the fact that it was homemade, but it didn't sound. Well, it sounded homemade. The production sounds pretty awful, but by design. That's the most backhanded compliment. <laughs> Sounds awful by design, which is what I like. And it wasn't just your your average singer songwriter stuff. It sort of sounded like deconstructed mm. pop music. <coughs> uh, and yeah, like it's just the fact that if they put these songs with some auto-tune synths over the top of it and then whatever drumbeat producers put on this sort of music it could literally be any any song that was written nowadays but I like the fact that she did it all at home and released it on herself although I think she did release it with a record company but it's just the fact that she did everything and it to make it not sound like 
a pop record which no one wants to listen to. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the thing that put me off it the most, yeah, still puts me off it the most, is the nicest way possible the weird drum patterns right the percussion I don't know I don't know what it is maybe it's because I'm not smart enough to understand her artistic statement right but that one song where it just I've forgotten which song it is the one that just opens with That, and that's not even like that's not even like the actual beat to the song it just starts with a bunch I think of random you ran about the opening beat. track because i i thought the same how is she, I, I was listening to how is she gonna make music out of this is out of time oh. <laughs> i have what i have one more thing to say about the opening yeah. track i did quite I, I did quite enjoy it yeah until it got to the dolphin yeah Dolphin <laughs> section. Uh, I feel Why'd you ruin? <laughs> that ruins that song. <laughs> you have like a really nice, like a genuinely decent song, and then for like the last thirty seconds of it, it's just her going. Ah, 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 I, I, ah. I read a review which <laughs> described it as um, her having intercourse with her piano. <laughs> oh. she, she got she got something trapped underneath one of the keys and she's pressing it. <laughs> right. Oh. I mean, it does sound a bit like when Bryce Gum laughed. I don't know if you've heard yeah. Bryce Gum laugh. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> he just fucking stands up and walks away from his camera. You know, I think my favourite lyric is on Under the Table. Right. Officially, that whole song is like my favourite song on the album. Spoiler yeah. Under the Table is probably my favourite. The lyrics. Oh. So. Like, verse one, when she said, I told you I didn't want to go to this dinner. You know I don't go for those ones that you bother about. So when they say something that makes me start to simmer, that fancy wine won't put this fire out. I was like, okay, so she doesn't really like expensive dinners with fancy wines and stuff. And she was like, you know, the chorus, kick me under the table all you want. I won't shut up. I was like, okay, cool. She's standing up for herself. And then suddenly... Verse two, that stepped up that anger a little bit. Uh, with I'd like to buy you a pair of pillow-soled hiking boots to help you with your climb, or rather to help the bodies that you step over along your route so they won't hurt like mine. And I was like, damn. Okay. The lyrical content's actually pretty good. Okay. Well, there is some about this song, which I will mention. Okay. Um, well, I believe it. This song is about this. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I know that she did write a, a song or two about this on this album. So basically, she was in a relationship with this person. I'm trying to remember his name. 
Louis C.K. I don't know if you know about Louis C.K. I know Louis C.K. I don't like him very much. But Basically, uh, he admitted to doing some sexually misconducted stuff. Sexually misconducted stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure one of them was making people watch him masturbate. That's fun. Basically, he did what um, that bloke did. What's his face? You about to say Harvey Weinstein? Yes, that guy. <laughs> Except for the fact that he did it into a like pot plant yeah. or something. Uh, but basically, is he the guy who did it in a pot plant? Uh, yes. <laughs> but basically, I believe the you know which is on about. I don't like expensive dinners. Mm. When I was listening to this, my thought for that whole thing was that uh, she does she doesn't like the fact that he's shutting her up about it. Yeah, she doesn't like the fact that he's just telling her to get on with it and deal with yeah. it. And Even she didn't using there, expensive so. dinners and expensive things as mm. a way to silence her. And then the whole put her yeah. under the table thing is like, you know, where you're trying to stop people talking by taking them out of the way, etc. <laughs> yeah, but not killing her because <laughs> she's alive. <laughs> we think. We think. We don't know her personally, so she could be dead and someone else could have made an album and was just profiting off it. But, yeah, um... That's what I got out of the whole song, that how she that she was told to, you know, not tell anyone about these bad things, and the yeah. fact that he hasn't addressed it yet. It came out like he admitted to it in twenty seventeen, but he still hasn't addressed anything in it yet. Yeah, what do you mean? Um. So that's that song. I believe there are a lot of things like that on this album. Like I was reading that she was raped when she was like 16. That got dark. Yeah, and then okay. she was raped when she was like 16 and then she had an eating disorder which then made her more susceptible to paedophiles wanting to rape her. Why did you laugh? No, it was just the irony that the fact that she was raped caused her to get an eating an eating. Dis it probably didn't, to be fair, but that's what that's what I understood from what was said. Hmm. That she was raped, then had an eating disorder, which caused her to be more of a prey item to paedophiles wanting to rape her. Kevin, are you laughing? <laughs> No, I'm just surprised that this got so dark so quickly. It w I all found this out <laughs> on Wikipedia. So it might not be it true. It might not be it true. It could just be made up by some random people on the internet. But yeah, I imagine some of the songs are probably about that. As you say, this is a fifth album or something like that. Yeah, it's a fifth. So there might not be. She might have used all the songs up she can and she might have found peace with the whole rape thing. Um, and wrote other songs and other albums about it. 
but you know that's yeah. Mm. I'm gonna comment on the production. Okay. Because. I, mean, I don't think I've commented on the production of any of the albums so far, and that's usually what I do. That's that's your bit. That's your job. So production. So obviously, as I say, as I said earlier, production's awful, but good. It's awful, but good. Like the whole album sounds full, even if you've got songs where it's literally her singing and a drum kit. It still sounds like you're not really missing anything. Mm. Which is what I also like about this album. The fact that she can have as little as drums and some singing and make it sound as good as a song where she's got a full band. Mm. Um, There is a song, the last song, which I, sa- I thought sounded the most produced. If you know what I mean. By produced. It sounded like the most professionally produced, even though it was same as all the others. I, I, I just thought I there was something else in the production that made it better. And that song's On I Go. Yeah. Yeah. And I know what you mean. I found that lots of the instrument instrumentation was quite discordant in places. But n- not bad discordant mm. I know what you mean like a discordant that worked it was like an intriguing discordant hmm yeah yeah that's really all I have to say about this album it's my same yeah I think it's good but it's not ama- it's not as good as people think it is Considering, I don't know if you've seen, but it was getting 10 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 4 out of 5, 5 out of 5 from virtually everywhere. The lowest score I've seen was a 3 out of 5. Which, to be honest, I I would probably give it around there. I'd give it a 3 out of 5, 5 out of It's probably my favourite singer-songwriter album that I can think of off the top of my head. Ooh. Tough one. That new Phoebe Bridges album is pretty good. It's just because I can't think of any other, like... <laughs> She's your favourite because she can't think of yeah. any <laughs> Okay, well, is that it for you? Yeah. Okay, well, that was um, Fiona's Apple. Yeah. With a... <laughs> Fetch the cult butters from Fiona's Apple. Um, Fiona Apple. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, like we said earlier, go and listen to all the albums yeah. we talk about because don't just take our word for it because we're not that reliable. Yeah. Honestly, our opinions change on albums all the time. Yeah. I remember for ages, Catherine and I disliked the Green Days, the trilogy albums, three albums released within a month of each. I think I said I disliked them because I would not really heard them. Exactly. That's the same with me. But uh, but I heard so many people going, they're so crap, that I just sort of went away. along with the trend. Yeah. But, you know, that's happening with a lot of bands now. 
Do you know the amount of people that are now going, you know, I actually kind of like Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Because in like 2010, they only said they hated Limp Bizkit because everyone else did. Yeah. I don't think many people do hate Limp Bizkit. No. They're actually Just that many people were like, I want to appear cool, so I'm going to say I hate this band. They're really popular. You can never beat Chocolate Starfish, whatever that album's called. That proves you can beat it. Chocolate Salute. I mean, significant others probably the best. Yeah. Anyway. personal picks section and in case you haven't caught on to it that if you abbreviate it ah sorry i just dropped something <laughs> sorry if i just jump scared any of our listeners but um i would be more jump scared it, by the, the horns <laughs> that i'm playing it's, it's the personal pi- it's the personal pick section aka the pp section so yeah that's what it is now um so yeah last week was jared's pick he chose London Calling by The Clash, which fairly sure is considered a classic album. It might be, it might not, I don't really know. But I'm now going to hot potato it, as we say over here in our epic PP land. Um, Jared, why did you pick this album in particular? Right, so I picked London Calling by The Clash. So we've been, for over the past few um, albums we've been reviewing in the pick section... I've, uh, well, we've been doing this sort of trend. Yeah. Well, it's not really a trend, is it? But we've been doing this sort of thing where we pick albums that we think are classics. So, mm. for instance, Pet Sounds. Then we, then we had um, Turnstiles by Billy Joel. Then it's back to me again, and we did London Calling by The Clash, which I think is a well, classic doing. album. We're doing yeah calling. that's what i mean kevin get it right but no you said we we've done london calling oh, i said we're doing no you said we're done I, i'm gonna edit this to make it seem like you're in the wrong now you know that <laughs> shut up <laughs> god uh, wait can you wait pause a sec can you put a really blatant clip in of you going Doing, yes. it's really, it's really <laughs> obviously edit it. Okay, right, and um, okay, well, you can cut it if you think, um, if you think I'm, if I am turn out to be right and you edit it. Fools on you! That didn't make sense. Kevin, can you do me a favour um, and just say, yeah. oh yeah, in your George from, um, of mice and men voice. 
Because <laughs> I was going to edit it <laughs> so that it says, <laughs> no, we're not, we've not done it, we're doing it. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so is that mainly why you picked this album? Because yeah. to continue with the trend, the sort of trend we've been yes. doing. Okay. I'm going to throw it to Kevin. Hot potato. <laughs> Hot potato to the face. Um, I am going to come right out of the gate. feel a bit bad now because like almost every pretty much every album you've given so far I've sort of just then gone no no <laughs> that uh yeah essentially I do not think this is one of the best albums ever I never said go. it was a best album ever but yeah yeah but I, I'm talking about like in general yeah the Rock slash punk slash whatever. I'm gonna be honest. I did when thing. when listening to it, I had to question myself a few times on whether it was actually a punk album. It is not. No. Because this is the album that they sort of went away from the punk sound. Apparently, it's post punk. Yeah. I don't even think it's that. Gave birth to some. Gave birth to some very crap bands. Yeah. But um. Reggae comes to mind. Uh, all I'll say is I prefer the two albums before this one. Sorry, can you say that again? You sort of cut out. I because uh, London Calling's the third Clash album. Yeah. I prefer the first two. The first two are probably my favorite. Yeah, that's fair. But then again, they're the ones that are the punk, yeah. quote unquote, punk albums. Because as I say, London Calling is when they verged away from the yeah. punk sound. You know, and um, the first Clash album, the self-titled one, just called The Clash. Yeah. Um, rest of you, 5 out of 5, 10 out of 10. I cannot find a review that is less than a 5 out of 5 or a 10 out of 10. Because yeah. it is, it probably is the best yeah. one. But, um, you know, then after that, it ha they had, um, what's it called? Oh, it's called Give Them Enough Rope, the second one. Uh, yeah, so London Calling. <coughs> I just sighed again. I'm doing that too much this week. I didn't tell anyone, but I've been trying not to say... Um, what word is it? I used it, I'm pretty sure, every review last week. I can't remember. Nonce. <laughs> Not nonce. Okay. No. Um, not nonce. <laughs> um. So yeah, I only said I don't think it's one of the best albums ever because it's in in Enemy. I think it was Enemy. It was rated as like the twentieth best album ever. Yeah. It was rated like the sixth best album of the seventies. Yeah. Rolling Stone put it at eighth on their top 500 greatest yeah. albums is that where you heard this album yes <laughs> that's where you heard pet sounds um uh, yeah i don't think it's that good yeah i don't think it's one of the best albums ever. i also agree with that 
it's definitely not one of the best albums ever. I don't even think it's a best album ever. Eight. Well, that's where Rolling Stones put it. Yeah, uh, no, that's not. I probably wouldn't uh, have even put it on. Eight. Well, I might have put it on the top five hundred. Yeah, I probably put it on the top five hundred, but then again, probably not eight. It, it would be, it would be pretty far down. Um, it has merit. So in it has merit. In general, in general, in general, uh, I do quite like yeah. it. But you know, it's as I said at the start, it's not the side of the clash that I tend to veer towards. Yeah, I tend to go for more remote control. All that kind of lot. You know, London Calling's a classic, but it's because it just yeah. is. And, you know, Guns of Brixton's one of my favourite Clash songs. Yeah. Spanish Bombs is just weirdly, needlessly catchy. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> it's, it's a weird one. It's like with Pet Sounds. Yeah. I like it. I like it quite a bit. It's just I can't describe why I don't like it as much as other people. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll come out the gate and say I'd rather listen to this than Pet Sounds. Right. Okay. Both would. But then again, it's much more my thing than Pet Sounds. Yeah. Okay. So, there's a lot of reggae on this album. <laughs> um, there is. And that is probably the main reason why I yeah. don't. Listen to it much. Mm, awful. Um, <laughs> I, I might go. I might go track by track a bit. So they did. They released it as a double album. Okay. Yes. Because there's fifteen, twenty, uh, nineteen tracks on this album. It's the longest album reviewed today. Don't think it's the longest we've ever reviewed. I think this is an hour. And five minutes, but I think 1975 is like an hour and ten or something like that. But London Calling, unfortunately, London Calling. As much as I hate to say it, it's probably the best track on the album, or one, at least one of them. Ooh, ooh, ooh. One yeah. of them, one of them, I agree with. Um, it's just it had an inverted reggae feel because you know our reggae's mainly on the two and the four whereas this was on the one and the three yeah so it was inverted reggae so it didn't sound like reggae and also the fact that like it's just you know it's not really much more to say about the track London Calling than it's a classic track yeah it yes. much is. It's it's a good track, but you know, has the inverted reggae feel, so it doesn't sound like reggae. Um, am I correct in saying there is a few? Am I correct in saying there is a few covers on here? Uh, yes, this album has three covers on it. The second track, Brand New Cadillac, is a cover. Yeah. Um, wrong, um, and wrong and Boyo, that's a cover. Yeah. And Revolution Rock. Mm. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, um, uh, I feel like I'm just sort of going to keep repeating the same points over and over. Again, th there's just not much else I can really say on this album. It's just I like it. I like it quite a bit. But there's not much else to say. Other than, you know, I like it. I, I'm i not a fan of the reggae. Because yeah. I'm not a fan of reggae in general. You know, it's not because I'm racist. It's just because I don't tend to enjoy reggae. Um, yeah. Mm. I don't know. It. I feel like I'm stuttering a lot here. But then again, as I just said, I'm just going to keep repeating stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk. Um, okay. You talk. So, brand new Cadillac. Uh, so the story of this goes, I don't think it was supposed to be on the album, but like sat during sound check at the recording studio, um, they were they just played it, and mm. the producer recorded it, and then that's what you hear on the album. So technically that was the sound check before they started recording. Um, mm. but yeah, it's very. It's just a very punk-inspired rock and roll cover of a Vince Taylor song. Um, Jimmy Jimmy Jazz. Well, I can see why they called it Jimmy Jazz. I mean, it has a walking bass line. That's basically a jazz song. Great. Basically. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a little more alternative than like alternative rock instead of you know Bridget you know in between rock and folk alternative mm. um, then, you get, then you get down to Hateful very catchy song Hateful um, yeah Hateful's catchy. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're struggling like me. There's not much to say. Yeah, there's just little bits that I've written down, which is mainly what I, what I have to say about the album. And it's not a lot. It's just that. It, it is what it is. Okay, I'm gonna pull up a review from Billboard. They did a track by track review. Oh, god. It's not too bad. It's pretty bad but it's not too bad um so oh there was one amazing track um wrong and boyo i was listening to that track <laughs> and then i was like what does this remind me of then it struck me it's a wiggle song it's a wiggle song wrong and boyo is a wiggle song oh. Can I just quickly read yeah. something? So you know how I always go, oh, Pitchfork. Pitchfork crap. Because Pitchfork are pretty crap. Yeah. They reviewed the 25th anniversary Legacy Edition. Yeah. 
of this album. So can I quickly read you the first paragraph of the review? Yeah. Reminding you, this is supposed to be reviewing the actual album. Yeah. Yeah. The 25th anniversary reissue of The Clash's London Calling is satisfyingly thick and protected by a thin plastic sleeve. The package sits fat at three stories high. The spine is broad, smooth and silver. Penny Smith's unfocused emblematic cover shot remains intact with Paul... I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Base hovering, vertical and doomed between Elvis baiting pink and green text. Stacked inside are three separate discs. The original 19-song album, a 21-track disc containing rehearsal sessions for the record and a DVD of The Last Testament, Don Lett's 30-minute after-the-fact documentary about the making of London Calling. Here, neatly lined up. Preparation. Realisation. Hindsight, finally, this is how they did it. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't call that a review. No. I'd call that a really horny visit to the record <laughs> yeah. shop. Uh, I believe it's Paul Never Simeon. Ready? Sim, it's, see, it says Simon, but with another <laughs> on on the end. Is it Simon on? I think it's Simeon. Simonon. Who knows? Simeon. But anyway, Simeon. Right. Pitchfork spend most of their review talking about how horny they are for the album. Interesting. Can I just say they um, they gave it a ten out of ten. Wrong. 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 <laughs> Wait. Yeah, but then again, you can't you can't trust Pitchfork. No, cannot trust Pitchfork. Uh, uh, you, right, have you listened to the album Lateralis by Tool? Yeah. Very good album. Yes. Yeah. What do you what like? I know we don't give ratings, but whereabouts would you rate it? Like out of ten, out of ten. Um, an easy eight and a half. Probably more if I listen to it again. So, Pitchfork gave London Calling the twenty fifth anniversary edition. So the version that has. The album's rehearsal tapes, the album and a DVD documentary. Yeah. yeah. They gave it a 10 out of 10. Perfect. Nothing wrong with it at all. And they gave Lateralis 1.9 out of 10. Stupid. 1.9. Stupid. Stupid people. And can I, can I just say, yeah. the whole article... The whole article is the guy who wrote this piece of shit. Brent DiCrescenzo. He sp the whole review is him. No, the whole review is him talking about his childhood holidays. He hardly mentions Tool. He doesn't review the music, the album, the production. He just. No, as in, you know how in. You know how in American schools they have to write essays on like what they did during their summer vacation? Yeah. He's got that essay and put it in as a review for a tour album. Wait, wait, wait. Jump ahead 16 years later and my dad got this girl pregnant who turned out to be my mum. It was 1987 and a whole bunch of lame dance music was ruling the world. Like Hitler or Jesus. Actual quote. 
But all of a sudden, albums like And Justice For All, Into The Pandemonium, and bands like Queensryche and Slayer came out. That's when I was born. Who cares? Who cares? But after this summer of 2001, I've had to rethink my entire cycle theory. Like maybe the cycles of music are speeding as time goes forward. Two amazing things happened. Tool put out Lateralis and I saw Tool in concert. I feel like this record was made just for me by super smart aliens or something. Okay, so right, let me get this straight. Yeah, you gave he it, likes the yeah, album you gave it gave a 1.9. 1. 1. 1. <laughs> I'm triggered. I'm triggered. I just... Oh, by the way, he also gives a... He also gives an equipment rundown. Right. Part of his review for the album is a run... Is a rig rundown okay right drums sonar design series bubinga wood 8 by 14 snare bronze 8 by 8 tom 10 by 10 tom 16 by 14 tom 18 by 16 floor tom and then two 18 by 24 bass toms <sighs> cymbals paste 14 inch sound edge dry crisp hi-hats Six inch signature bell over eight inch signature bell. Ten inch signature splash. Twenty four inch two thousand two china. Eighteen inch signature full crash. Three cup chime over one cup chime. <laughs> Eighteen inch signature power crash. Twelve inch signature micro hat. Twenty two inch signature dry heavy ride. Twenty two inch signature thin china and a twenty inch signature power crash. Right. Okay. Electronics, Simmons SDX pads, Korg wave drum, Roland MC505, and an Oberheim Okay, TGS. let's talk about London's calling. Hardware, sonar stands, right, okay. this hi hats. I think my favourite bit is he actually specified what heads and what sticks he uses. Slow clap to that guy. Yeah, I just want to say half of it. It's a third of it is him going, I had this vacation when I was young. Another third of it is him going, this is what gear to use. And the other third of it is him going, this is pretty good. But then he gave it a 1.9. I just thought I'd mention that, seeing as I was looking at a 10 out of 10 review for this album. Yeah, right. Just backs up how... Back to this album. <laughs> We're to the bit of a tangent we'll try. Then. Um... Yeah, so hateful, very good song, catchy, classic pop rock influences. Rudy can't fall, reggae song. Not even gonna mention it. Now this one in this review, now the review of Billboard, uh, their take on the Spanish bombs. Yeah. So they wrote. Had Lennon and McCartney written a song in 1964 about the Spanish Civil War, it might have been half as good as this. Joe's Spanish is a bit dodgy, but Mick's guitar line and the heartbreaking minor chord that ends the song's main progression goes right to the chorism. Heartbreaking minor chord. Oh. You got to give it to them, they use words. Did he use words? I, wrote, I just wrote catchy mm. for that song. Um, 
the right profile, I wrote Groovy. Groovy. Lost in the Supermarket mm. is possibly my least favourite song just because it starts with the line Lost in the Supermarket. What on earth is this about? Yes. He re emerges on Supermarket Sweep. I also said it sounds like the police. So I was trying to do an imp impression of the police. Uh, clamp down, classic rock, catchy, has a world music section halfway through, which I Ooh. quite enjoyed, just because I like different oh, percussion instruments. Yes, Kevin. Do you want to hear a great quote from the yes. independent? The result, London Calling, would prove that beyond doubt that trying to sound like a big US rock band was a waste of time, because in 1979, the greatest rock and roll band in the world sounded like The Clash. Not was the Clash. Sounded like the Clash. Great. So the Clash weren't the best band. They just sounded like the best band. That's great. I don't get. Um, then yeah. again, I can't say anything about our reviews because our reviews aren't exactly amazing. Yeah. We just sort of talk. They're okay. London Calling shattered punk orthodoxy and inspired bands from U2 to the Beastie Boys. Of course. Artists as diverse as Bruce Springsteen, Metallica and The Strokes have played songs from it on stage. Even the Pet Shop Boys, Neil Tennant has Ugh. professed his love for the band. Wow. Rolling Stone has London Calling rubbing shoulders with Bob Dylan and the Beatles in its top ten albums of all time. It's now literally a museum piece. But its rebellious spirit lives on. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, the independent. That was wank. <laughs> right. So the guns of Brixton. <laughs> I think that was possibly, possibly Best my one. favorite. Yeah. Best song on the album. Only for the yeah. bass line. Oh, that bass line is mint. <laughs> it's like hip hop, but in a yeah. that reggae thing. The, the only thing I don't the only thing I don't like about that song is the guitars get really pushed yeah. back to the background. The reggae even though can I just say that's like one of the most reggae songs yeah. on the album. But it's still one of probably my favourite even though I don't like yeah. reggae. Weird. Uh Wrong and Boyo. Uh very muddy. I did like how it was full Say that a lot, about a lot. This is the one that reminded me of the Wiggles. Uh, still has a reggae feel. Yeah. Death or Glory. I like this one because what I read about it, it was just making fun of punk. <laughs> and it's ironic because they were a punk band literally like two years earlier. <laughs> and now they're making fun of it. They're making fun yeah. of what they wish they could be. Koala Koala. Oh, I had something to bring up here. So. Um. Koala Koala, weird title. Starts with a, a thing that I know I know, not because of this album, but because of, of a Gorillaz song. Oh Do you know which bit I'm on about? It's the elevator yeah. going up. Yeah. And then into like, what is it, strobe light or something like that. No, elevator going up, they're sh straight into thingy, isn't it? 
Oh, is it the Ascension? Uh, no, I think so. No, because Ascension's first. Yeah, I thought it was Elevator going up into Ascension, right? No, because it opens with Return My Robot. Oh, right? yeah. Um, It goes, it, it goes into Summit. I don't really care, because that album's not great. Um, so, it, it goes into... Andromeda. Ah, okay. So, I must say this is already possibly one of the worst reviews we've done so far. Yeah. But then again, I I don't have much to say yeah. about it because I can't describe why I don't like it as much as other people, and then you can't describe why you like it more than me. Yeah. But not as much as other people. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I probably uh, appreciate I the instrumentation more. I just don't like reggae. Yeah. Reggae is just a bit. Yeah. Not my thing. I appreciate yeah. it. Just don't like it very much. Oh, did you like the card cheat? I I just thought that was a Billy Joel song. Shake up Billy Joel song. Uh, and then. Possibly yeah. the funniest song on this album, Lovers Rock, which is basically like a Sonny and Cher song, but a bit more rocky. And then the Four Horsemen, where they refer to themselves as the Four Horsemen. <laughs> I found that the pretty funny. Uh, I'm Not Down, very simple. I like that this one was bass driven instead of guitar driven. And it had like jazz influences in it. And then we get to the true last track on the album, Revelation Rock. True Revolution Rock, track. which is reggae. Now, in case you didn't know, on the original pressing, Train in Vain wasn't actually listed as a track. And it was literally on the edge of the record. There's like an extra track. Epic. Secret bonus track. Yeah, basically. Uh, it's quite a long secret bonus track, though, isn't it? Three minutes. Three minutes. Um, at nine seconds. There's, there's been some. Yeah, I haven't seen a bonus track in ages. Yeah, bonus track's very straightforward. Mm. Um. Okay, so unless you have anything nope. else to say, I really, I really don't have else to say no. about this album. It's all right. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It's not amazing. Yeah. I like it, just not much. Yeah. No, no, I like it, but not too yeah. much. Wouldn't, yeah. d wouldn't listen to it regularly. Apart from the tracks no. I like, I might stick them on a playlist. I won't listen to the songs I don't like regularly, but the songs I do like, I will. By that, I just mean <laughs> the ones I like more than the rest of them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, um, London Calling and... Uh, what was that one that we liked? I can't find it now. Koala, no, was it? No, not Koala. I probably listened to Koala Koala just for the elevator going up sample. Guns of Brixton, that's um, it. Yeah. Okay. Huh. 
that was a bit of a shit show of a review, yeah. to be honest. But then again, our reviews at midnight oh, are better well. than the ones at four in the afternoon. They are. They're way better. And it's cooler. Absolutely yeah. boiling. Should we right. try and fill these last two minutes when we've at least got two hours? But that's before I've edited sure. it and taken out loads of stuff anyway. So. Oh well. Um. Right. That was London calling. That was. Thanks for jumping in there when I momentarily forgot I had a brain. Yeah. Um, um. Yeah. I mean. Pretty good choice. Pretty good choice. Yeah. Kevin, what is your pick for next week? Um, so I was pretty indecisive as to whether to break the cycle or not. As like whether to give you a classic album or whether to give you an album that I just thought was really good. But I thought, you know what? Screw it. Let's keep the cycle going. We don't really need to keep it going because it's not really keeping the cycle, although I do think it is a classic album. Um, so, next week. I, the thing is, I think you may have heard at least one song from this album, maybe a couple. You might have actually heard this album a few times and Ooh. I just don't know because I don't talk to you about it. Um, so next week for the PP section. Yeah. PP section. PP. Um... I'll be getting your opinions on the album Dirt by Alice in Chains. Oh, yes, I like that one. The second studio album, The Breakthrough. Wood, you know, it's got them bones, wood down in a hole, rooster, rain when I die. It, it is, for me, the definitive grunge album. Right. Well, I've written it down. Yay. That'll be a nice change of we pace. We should start locking it in. Oh, no, that's cringy, though, isn't yeah. that? CBBC cringe. Locking yeah. it in? Lock it in. Lights go yeah. green. Boom. <laughs> 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 Next week, you're going to come on my soundboard. It's just going to be full of, like, game show do things. Our best do our best Chris Tarrant impressions. Yes. Okay, right. Well, I guess that's it for this yeah. week then. Shall I, shall I mention what we'll be covering next week? Do we know what we're covering next week? Yeah, if you want. Yeah, screw it. Let's do it. So, uh, as you probably know, sometimes we don't mention what albums we're doing the week after because we don't know. Sometimes we just don't know and then pick what we or want. Or we make mistakes the mistake. week before, so we just Yeah, don't. shush. <laughs> shush. Right, anyone who thinks that Anyone who thinks that Rentals album is worth more than a minute of our time, I will fight, personally. Um, so, next week, we will be covering the new album from New Fan Glory, which did come out wow. this week. But, but, but we missed it this week because we're stupid and we chose to do for the, we chose to do like three yeah. and a half instead, but oh well. So yeah, we've got the new album from New Fan Glory to talk about next week. We have also got um, the new album from Remo Drive, which should be fun because I quite like them. Yes. I don't know if Jared's familiar. He probably is, yeah. at least a little bit. And uh, we'll be doing one more of our yearly catch-ups. 
of albums that came out before we started the podcast. Yeah. Where I will be getting Zara to listen to one of my favourite albums of the year. Because we'll be covering I Let It In and It Took Everything yeah. by Loathe. One of my favourite albums of the year. But yeah, tune in next week. As I say, for New Fan Glory, Remo Drive, Loathe and Alice in Chains in the PP section. Should be a fun week. Very fun. Very fun. Okay, well, thanks for listening. We'll pause here. I don't know why I pause here. <laughs> if you have any suggestions to if you have any suggestions Slick. much like the <laughs> shush. Much like the Fiona Apple section, that was a suggestion. Yeah. If you have any suggestions, be sure to email us. Um you can email us uh uh, for discussion's sake, podcast at gmail.com. Or you could DM us on Instagram if that's easier. It probably is, but we just like the idea of email, like having an email address where people send us things. It's quite warming. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Where can they DM us, <laughs> Jared? <laughs> where? thing is this is scripted as well so this is okay so at for discussion's sake underscore podcast yes oh my god what Jared. can you hear that sounds like an air horn to me <laughs> oh the shameless self-promotion it's, this, it's, it's time for the shameless self-promotion we're in a band called outposts for if you're in the nottingham area you should Check us out when gigs return. If you're not from Nottingham, on if you're not from Nottingham, yeah. you can also check us out. Just listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go follow us on Instagram at we underscore r underscore all underscore outpost. <laughs> One day I'm gonna record you doing that because you do it every time. I love that. I love that section. Um, yeah. So you should go and follow all the bands uh, that we reviewed today. Yes, yeah. Because even if we thought their albums were a bit whack, that doesn't necessarily mean they don't deserve a follow. That's whack, yo. I'm going to say it's a 90s surfer language. I think I've caught Radical. it off your dad. Oh no. Next you're going to start saying the N word. <laughs> I don't think that will happen. <laughs> okay. Yet. Okay, well, I think that's all from us this yeah. week. Far less cutting yeah. to do right. this week than last week. See you next week, people. Yes. Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya.